Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And I'm so grateful for the support of Active Recovery TMS. They're a group of one of the most dedicated teams of health caregivers in the Northwest, offering transcranial magnetic stimulation, ketamine-assisted therapy, and counseling to help people who are suffering from anxiety and depression. Active Recovery is expanding into Seattle this December, and you can find an office anywhere in the Northwest near you because shouldn't mental health care be just as easy and accessible as physical health care? Yes. So our guest today was born and raised in Portland and she was intrigued by the connection of music and personal style from an early age. She was always a person who dressed up, always had a hairbrush in her hand to be singing in front of a mirror and starring in self-produced concerts. She would go on to become one of our favorite designers, dressing singer Nora Jones, Jennifer Aniston, Cheryl Crow, Faith Hill, the list goes on, but mostly she is my dear friend, Michelle DeCourcy. Hello, Michelle. It's so good to have you on this show. I can't even tell you how great it is to finally, finally have you as a guest. I'm so happy to be here. It's about time. Yeah, isn't it? So I I want to ask you, um, and I don't want to surprise you with this question, but I'm wondering if you remember how we met. We met. Well, I I think we, we met, but not officially in fitness class, in spin class. But I think we officially met in my store mm-hmm. and you came in and you were perusing the racks. And I said, you look familiar. And you said, well, probably because I wear her stuff all of the time. And I was like, well, I'm her. It's nice <laughs> to meet you. Hello, I'm her. We ran in a couple of similar circles, but had never really made that that connection. I'm it really was glad. so incredible how when you meet someone and you just know from the minute you meet them that you're going to be fast friends. Like they say that, you know, love isn't instantaneous. I don't believe that with friendship. I think you can meet someone and know immediately that you want to know more about them. I agree. I agree. I, I do. I think you can meet someone and know, you may not know if it will happen, but yeah. I think you will know whether or not you want them to stay in your life beyond yeah. the meeting. So in order to set up the transformation that you've recently made, I want to go back to an early memory. And this was after our kids became good friends and we were neighbors. So we spent a ton of time together. Remind people about what was happening when we were packing to go on a boating trip to Idaho. Take us back. So um, it was 2007 and we were going to go to Idaho with our, with our girls and spend a wonderful last leg of summer with them before they went back to school, hanging out at the lake and hiking and doing all the fun things. And I had been in Idaho at my house, came home and there was an in-between period. I had developed some hip pain that was pretty significant and it started in in Idaho and I thought it was you know had to do with all the running I had done over the years and went to a, a doctor when I got back because the hip pain hadn't gone away and was diagnosed with uh, ALL which is um, acute lymphatic leukemia I was 35 years old the day that I was diagnosed in 2007 I was put immediately into the oncology floor at Providence St. Vincent's and started uh, a year's worth of aggressive chemotherapy and treatment for cancer. 
And it was a year. It was a year of your life of battling, sometimes to the point where we didn't know if you were going to survive. And I want to talk to you about the changes that occurred in you during that year. Mm -hmm. Besides the physical changes of going through you know, a health crisis and, and, and some of those struggles, I think in terms of just really understanding you know, I think we're fast forwarding now. So it's, it's been, I've been in full remission for 16 years. And so, you know, sort of piecing back together, like how, how that started at that moment, but I know, so a lot of it will be filled in, you know, a lot of those blanks are, are filled in with the life that I've lived from then until now and, and can have really been able to work through and understand. But I think that when you go through something like facing your own, your own mortality, you obviously look at life differently and you realize that we don't get any days back and and you truly have to live each day and, and live it in the moment and I believed that and I did make some of the necessary adjustments with my career and with family and brought myself back to health and had to work really really hard to get there and to realize that I had been denying a big part of myself that ultimately has a lot to do with I think why we get ill and why we develop a lot of systemic disease now that I'm looking back on all of that, I also see how easy it is to go through periods in life where we slip in and out of that reality and like what's best for us. And, and it's because we're supposed to, because mm -hmm. we're supposed to grow and we're supposed to go on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So I think what it did give me was some extra wisdom at a younger age than I would have received otherwise. Yeah. You've been as a kind of mentor to me, one of the people who makes the most deliberate decisions about your life of anyone that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You, at the time after you were in remission, decided to close your stores, decided to completely change your business the way that you were doing, which was incredibly successful. And to also move more back into your music, which you are such a gifted singer songwriter that I I've always been in awe of you that it seems clear to you. And I wonder if you've ever thought of cancer as that kind of gift for you, that you have this unique clarity that that's like, no, I need to do this. And I know I need to do it now. Yeah. You know, I think it, it, it helped just like every experience that we have in life makes us closer to who, to who and what we are. And, and, and hopefully, and I think that I had a pretty um, non-traditional childhood. And so my my upbringing was a series of change and it not always good change. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it was good, but sometimes it, it wasn't good at all. And so you go through life like that, learning how to develop a persona so that you can survive and you can get to the next thing and the next thing. And then if you're not careful, I think that one day with success and you know, the worst advice I've ever received from anyone was strike while the iron is hot. Mm. I think is just terrible advice to, to give someone um, when they start to see success, whether it be, you know, in, in anything in a career and, you know, relationship and love, because I think it, it gives you the impression that you have this finite amount of time to make and achieve goals. Having cancer um, certainly was a gift in many ways. That's a long way of answering the question. Yes, I wouldn't change anything um, if I had to do it over again. But I also think that illness or not, we have red flags in our life. Our gut, you know, might tell us something, our, our intuition, uh, our health, because you can fake your way through life relatively easy mm. and not listen to your inner voice. But at a certain point, you have to stop sleepwalking mm. through that, that part of yourself. And you have to pay attention because the red flags, the information that you need, it, it, it is always there for you. And it's, and it's abundant. 
you've sort of set up the transition into the state that you found yourself in this year, where you were beginning to feel a lot of those nagging health concerns that made you realize this is a red flag I need to pay attention to. So bring me up to date with how you started focusing on your breast implants as a potential source of the ill health in your body. Mm -hmm. So over the last several years, I had a breast augmentation 20 years ago and they were, you know, as, as far as I, you know, understood in the information given and research that I had done, you had apparent risks going under the knife, surgery, anesthesia, there's always going to be risks, but at any point, was it ever brought to my attention that they could cause autoimmune disorders, that they could cause chronic fatigue, that they could cause joint pain? There's many things that breast implant illness can cause, but there's not a definitive diagnosis for it. Each year, something new you know, would crop up, the joint pain, the muscle pain, the chronic fatigue, the memory fog. Mm. All of those things I chalked up to, well, 15 years ago, I did have a pretty aggressive chemo regime. So that's probably just some of the after effects that I'll be dealing with some of these things forever. And there's always a reason, you know, chronic fatigue, increased anxiety and depression, two things that I've dealt with my entire life had really hit an all time high over the last few years. And it's very easy to say again, oh, it's COVID. It's just everything that we're going through. It's, it's the world today, but Once I dug deeper and started to explore, because I was at a point where I knew I needed to either have them replaced or I I needed to have them removed. Mm. And the groups that are assembling out there, the Facebook groups, there was one in particular, it's called Breast Implant Illness, you know, Awareness, you know, group. It's like a support group. And there are several, several women who had these complaints and they were all of the symptoms that I've had over the years. It was, you know, the numbness in the arm, the tingling, the joint pain, you know, the fatigue, just chronic bronchitis, things like illnesses that just, you know, I I couldn't, I couldn't quite recover from. I was diagnosed celiac. Mm. Again, I thought it was the trauma of my earlier diagnosis, hair loss, headaches, you know, you name it. They're all things that could be, well, that could be menopause. That could be this. But then to see that all of the women that are going through all of these unexplained things have a subset of these, these symptoms, if not, you know, all of them, I had had, I had almost every single one of them Wow. each year asking the questions, could this have anything to do with my implants? It, you know, with my medical team, I have a, a naturopath that I see for functional medicine purposes. I have yeah. a general practitioner that I see I have an oncologist that I see because scientifically the evidence-based diagnosis that there's a test that you can take to say, I have breast implant illness doesn't exist. So therefore it must be something else. Yeah. So it's been, it's been an incredible journey. And I, I really am at the, t- at the tippy top of the journey. Um, I, I just uh, completed some, some medical tests and I mean, we can get into that if, if you want, but it's, you know, some things to kind of see, you know, where I'm at with, you know, heavy metal toxicity, um, I I need to go in and have an MRI on my liver because not all women can have an implant, whether it's saline or silicone, they're still in a silicone casing. It's plastic and it's, it's in your body. And when those implants are put in initially, your body does what it's supposed to. And it creates a sheet around that. It's, it's a capsule to protect itself, which is a good thing because when they've been in for a long time and they cause irritation and inflammation, um, in the body, they can cause a whole host of other diseases. Most recently, um, they've discovered there's a link between primarily the textured implants, uh, whether they're saline or silicone, and um, a breast implant associated lymphoma. Yeah. 
And so Michelle, when you went to um, the plastic surgeon and had these conversations about, could all of these things be happening because of this, what were you told? Just, I want to back up because there've been, you know, throughout, throughout my medical journey, going to the doctor for um, the chronic fatigue, going to my naturopath, you know, I'm tired all the time. I had this tingling in my arm. I, you know, I went to the ER. I thought I was having a heart attack. My arm went numb. Mm. Um, my hand went numb. You know, my head, my head felt, you know, tingly. Um, these are all things that, you know, women talk about. So over the course of the years going, you know, from another to another, yeah. I always did ask the question to all of my medical team, could this have anything to do with yeah. My implants, I had breast implants at the 10 year mark. I specifically remember asking my MD, I've had these in for 10 years. Should I have them replaced? Um, you know, I've been reading that it's a good idea to have them replaced every, every 10 years. And she said, as long as they're not causing you any problems, you can keep them in forever. Mm. I believed her and, you know, I, I have the ability and I, I have a decent understanding and I've, I've taken a rough enough ride through the medical system that I, I know how to do some research. I, I know the basics. I know that there's a lot of women that don't, they're not equipped with that. And if their doctor tells them something that they, they believe them mm -hmm. and, and they should, but the awareness isn't there. There's not, there's not a black box warning. You know, they don't tell you all of the things that could possibly happen. They don't tell you that if you are prone to autoimmune in your DNA, if it's something that you may or may not develop that you should not, you're not a good candidate for, for breast implants. They don't tell you those things. Um, when I say they, all of my doctors whom are all still my doctors, I, I, I think they're amazing at what they do, but there's just not enough information until there's some money put behind the research it's going to take to get somebody to actually give it a diagnosis so that we can get off of this, this, yeah. this train. I think that a lot of women are going to suffer. Um, I want to ask you about the deliberations that you made to actually decide to have them removed. How difficult was it being closer to middle age now, knowing that for most of your adult life, you've enjoyed the appearance of nice, full round breasts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I, when I had them put in, I was 30. Yeah. I had wanted breast since as my earliest memory was in third grade when a classmate started to develop early. And I thought, I want to have that, you know, mm -hmm. I just noticed that, you know, it just looked like all of the girls in the magazines and it looked like, you know, everything that the Western world was taught was, was beautiful and, and, you know, made you complete. I've always been into fitness and with that comes a certain level of vanity and wanting to look your best. And that was always the missing piece. I've always been like a size a very like, you know, athletic build flat chested. So it was something I'd wanted for a very, very long time. And I finally got the guts to get it done. Mm. Um, and I didn't regret having it done. I did always like them. I did like the way that I looked I wasn't as concerned about how I was going to look, but I cared. I wanted to know I was, you know, I knew I wasn't going to have that, that volume anymore. So it crossed my mind, it crossed my mind to go and have them put back in more than crossed my mind. I was researching both alternatives. Do I have yeah. them replaced now? If I do, is it a one and done? And I don't have to do it again. It wasn't until I had a mammogram, a routine mammogram, an ultrasound that showed some fluid that was had built up between my implant and the capsule. And I had, mm. 
uh, developed capsular contracture, which is the hardening of the capsule around the implant on, on one side that I went in to see the plastic surgeon and was made aware that although rare, there is a lymphoma associated with the type of implants that I had put in that I needed to go have a needle biopsy done for this. Mm. Once the results came in and there was no lymphoma and everything was good to go, I was told that I could have my implants replaced and that if I had them replaced, it would be okay. Because Mm -hmm. why would a surgeon put implants in if they weren't good for you Right. because of this diagnosis? but it just didn't land. And I, I kept waking up at night. I would wake up in the morning and I would think, I'll just have them replaced. Stop being a chicken. You're fine. You know, you're just, you're overreacting. You've been through a lot. You're just, you know, Mm. but I knew, I knew. And I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and just, there's no way I can have these replaced. And that's what prompted the research. And once I saw the potential hazards that they were causing, Mm -hmm. And no way of testing or knowing if that was in case the fact, there was just no doubt in my mind that I was going to have an explant. I did do some research on what I would look like afterwards. That's not always the best idea because, you know, it it looks nothing like the research I did. I'm, I'm really happy. I went to a good surgeon who I also had a lift. So she removed um, the implant and did, and did a lift. I'm extremely happy with the results. I'm so glad they're out of my body. And I, I don't miss them. I thought I would miss them a little bit. It's not bikini season, but. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the almost immediate changes that you've seen both to your moods and to some of the other strange symptomology that you weren't able to pin down as to why it was happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, the depression and the anxiety were really at an all time high. You know, I was just my, the, the anxiety was, was so bad that, um, I, I, I was perpetually, I just felt anxious all the time. My stomach felt, felt really anxious, you know, plus there's a host of gut issues that come accompany BII, which is also, you know, part of that autoimmune response, your body trying to rid itself of something that's not supposed to be there for you. And, and again, I want to say a lot of women can have this procedure done and they, their bodies metabolize the toxins fine and they don't have any issues, Mm. but women who do have these issues, they have them. And it's, um, a lot of them end up taking a journey through a lot of different antidepressants for their Mm. anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, for me personally, the big ones were the, were those two, the anxiety and depression overnight, they were just better the brain fog, I felt like a veil had been lifted and I can't pinpoint that. I just was getting through my emails quicker or, you know, reading, reading my, my news quicker. It it really was just, I felt like everything seemed easier. Wow. And I, I wasn't like, why am I lost? Wait, where am I, you know, where am I going? Things like that, that you just chalk up to everything in life. We're busy. We're tired. Um, in my neck, I'd had this chronic pain in my neck for about four years. And then my lymph uh, node would kind of swell and it would, and it would hurt and I would feel it. And, you know, again, it's like, oh, it must've been that cold you had. They're still a little bit swollen at the doctor, that sort of thing, which I now know that, that part of BII is, is the lymphatic system and, and it draining. It's uh, really wreaks havoc on that, that autoimmune response. My neck pain was gone the, the, the morning after my explant and it hasn't come back. It's just completely resolved. And I've gone to chiropractor, naturopath, massage, infrared, you know, everything. You, 
Mm-hmm. I want to know, I mean, because I think it's really interesting, especially with autoimmune disorders, just how many decades it takes for people to get help. I'm thinking about the chronic fatigue world, now the long COVID world. Mm-hmm. Everyone who lives in this world is as frustrated as you were with mm-hmm. these strange things. What What's your estimation of how long it might be before the general public begins to understand the connection between these autoimmune conditions and breast implants? Well, I think, you know, now that, you know, functional medicine is a, is a really big part of this. And I think that the testing that you can get through functional medicine, because it it does all, it's all connected and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, cause and effect. And we have to, to remember that treatment will never keep up with diagnosis. It's always going to lag. It's always, always going to lag, which is why our intuition is, is so important. And it's not really what I think, but what I know from what I've read and, and what I've you know educated myself on is that some women will get symptoms right after they've had implants put in a mm-hmm. week, a month, they'll notice that these things are, are wrong. Then when they do have them removed, usually a lot of symptoms were resolved. So I think a lot of it is how long have they been in? Have they been in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? There does seem to be some consistency um, in some of the different case studies that I've read with women who are 20 years out like I was versus women who were 10 years. It's not always the same. Typically, it takes time. It, It generally takes, I've heard, three months to two years to really get back. And there's a small percentage of women that will have them removed and they may not see significant improvement Mm. in in their health. But for the most part, people start to see it pretty dramatic in within the first three months. Wow. That's incredible. So I want to have you share, especially if there's a woman who's going, Oh my God, everything she said I have, what are some of the crowdsourcing places where you learned information and where can people go to learn more information about this? Do you think there's a reliable source out there? There's a couple of of reliable sources. There's a couple of TED Talks. There's not a lot of information, but once you start digging, there's quite a bit. I found there's a one TED talk in particular that a, a female physician had done and it was, she spoke of her own journey also. And then just clinically, understanding, you know, what she had experienced. That was one of the best things for me to kind of understand what I needed to do to get my health back. Like, okay, these are the functional medicine tests that I need to have done. I need to see where my base, my new baseline is now, Right, because you, you have them taken out and you don't always know what to do beforehand. You know, should I be prepping? Should I be doing some kind of a binder to help the detox? Yeah. You know, all of that sort of thing. Um, and the detox, piece of it is very real. You wow. know, it, it really, really is the best thing for women that are considering is to just to gather the facts and to retrace their steps. What I found is that every year I was going to the doctor for something new, mm. you know, well, now I'm not sleeping. Well, it's hormones, you know, mm. my hormones, are right? Off. Well, now, now it's this, so it's, it's, and again, there's always some other thing that you can blame this on, yeah. but I think if we just can get quiet enough with ourselves to like connect with our own bodies and listen and and no, I mean, our bodies will tell us when something's not right. Retracing my steps, my first blue was four years after I had my implants and I had my first migraine and it was, it was horrific. I thought I was having a brain aneurysm. I, I just never experienced such a significant headache in my life. That's one of the things that, that it comes with. And that's something that I've dealt with this entire, for the last 20 years, I'll just, you know, every year I'll get a couple of just very debilitating um, migraines. migraines. So I'll be really interested to see a year from now where that's at. 
Yeah. And I just want to remind people that, you know, there's a lot of science now about the connection between the gut and the brain and that they've seen those who have sort of inflammatory markers around their gut access. Those people tend to have higher rates of depression and anxiety. And so of course it's related, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We don't walk around disconnected from the rest of our bodies. And inflammation is such a huge contributor to all kinds of illness. It makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, for sure. The inflammation piece, um, is, is really huge. And just having, you know, the test, you know, my, my inflammation, my ferritin was something that was just incredibly high and, and they, they just couldn't, um, they couldn't figure out what was causing that. Um, I just had everything retested. So I'm, I'm really anxious to, to get those results back and just to see from where we started to where we are, where we are today. I love talking with you because I always learn something and it's the feeling for me that this kind of story sharing is actually the cutting edge of how we need to do that personal search in ourselves yeah. for what might be next for me. I think, especially for women, if you have a hunch that it could be your breast implants, go get it checked out, go get it checked out. If you ever have a, like a hunch about anything, especially yeah. about your health, it's what you need to do. And everybody else around you is just practicing, but you know, you know, your body better yeah. than anyone else. And if someone tells you it must be in your head, well, of course it's in your head because it's in your gut, it's in your boobs and your stomach and it's in your fingernails. It's in yes. your hair. Right. Um, it's everywhere. And I, I agree with you, Sheila. I think that in order to heal from anything, whether it's pain, grief, illness, takes hearing other people's stories, you know, and, and finding, you know, if you can affect one person and tell your story and it resonates something in them that will help them. That's what it's all about. And I know Michelle is the kind of person that if you really wanted more information, I will be happy to hook you up. She has offered to answer questions or just be there. If somebody is really trying to determine if this is a right step for them. It's not a medical diagnosis. She's not a doctor, although she were a registered nurse. So yeah. <laughs> close enough. Luckily. Yeah. yeah. It, it comes in handy. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I do believe in sharing this kind of information with one another about steps we're taking to gain better health. It's, it's kind of like, um, I see it on TikTok all the time where people are crowdsourcing and self-experimenting to get mm -hmm. to a place of better health because we do know our bodies best. We do know what we should do next. So thank you, Michelle, for telling the story. It was amazing to talk with you again. It was great to talk to you and thanks for having me on.